Welcome to OrthoGuide, a podcast on medtech advancements in orthosurgery, brought to you by OrthoGrid Systems. Welcome to OrthoGuide, an OrthoGrid Systems podcast. I'm your host, Sean Heath. The healthcare industry is one of the most complex endeavors in the modern world. It's not for the faint of heart. However, for an individual who is driven to solve problems and who has an innate desire to innovate, it's kind of a perfect fit. That's why I'm so excited about my two guests on the podcast today. I have the pleasure of having a conversation with Richard Boddington and Edouard Saget, and they are both founders and CEOs for OrthoGrid Systems. Richard, how are you today? Well, thanks, Sean. How about yourself? I'm doing very well. Edward, how goes your day? Very well, thank you. The things that you do and the approach that you take are so interesting to me. What problem were you solving for in the industry when you first started OrthoGrid? Well, that was the question that we asked ourselves uh, before we got started, right? Is, is what, what problem or what issues our physicians having what problems are there in the industry and you know we, we've had a lot of experience in the industry and you know every you know, that includes with a lot of the big four companies and every one of them has gaps in their portfolio and you know the, the gaps have been there the, the gaps that we identified could be solved through some technological advancements and so, you know, we're, problems we're trying to solve are really the niche problems that have been waiting for the right technology advancements to, to basically come along, right? And more importantly, kind of solve them in a simple and elegant manner. That, that's, that was the premise of, of sort of the entire ideation that came along with the business. Um, and, you know, what we identified was that in these solution identifications that real-time interrupt solutions that in the past would require some kind of computing power to, you know, maybe possibly in its current sort of format only allow for pre-op planning, for example, you know, we saw the opportunity for providing solutions that, you know, could be solved real-time. And along with that would come the automation, right, the automation of guidance of, for example, implant placement or fracture reduction or, you know, even providing automation to support what I call on-the-spot difficult decisions or situational awareness, um, you know, predictive capability of trying to identify certain problems ahead of time. Um, and so these are the niche type of problems that we, we hope to solve uh, for the industry. You mentioned disruptive logic and reasoning, and I know that you're both fans of the book, The Innovator's Dilemma, A Disruptive Solution for Healthcare by Christensen. I'm curious as to why simple solutions seem so difficult to find. Um, so I, I can answer that um, to some extent. I think um, the solutions are difficult to find because you're looking to the healthcare as a whole, it's fairly complex and when you go 
into surgery, you go into another element where time becomes a factor. As we know, the longer you're in surgery, the more complications you have. And the thing is, you are trying to solve potentially, and that's the risk, a lot of different problems. And you naturally have a tendency to bring solutions that are fairly complex. Uh, a lot of engineering going into it. And uh, especially it, when we look at what's being produced by the big companies specifically, they're looking at, co at solutions that try to take care of the whole uh, surgical element to some extent for the one thing that matters the most to them is, is implant uh, position and things of that nature. When we looked at the healthcare as a whole, because of its complexity, it's hard to slow down and to be okay to solve you know problems that actually matters specifically to the surgeon and sometimes don't reflect the kind of agenda you have to try to sell more stuff to get more market share to do those type of things so there's always a bias in the way you try to bring a solution for a certain problem uh, as to what your goals are and that can lead to complexity in the solution itself especially when you're trying to compete with somebody else where you have the syndrome of, of keeping up with the Joneses if you want I gotta outdo the other guy uh, in order to maintain my position and that leads to more and more complex solutions in our view of things when we look at the way we approach orthogrid is I think neither Richard or I have an ego about what uh, a solution looks like and you know if it's a simple problem but definitely we have identified clearly that a physician could use that solution and would do better as simple it is uh, it's something we're not scared of doing because at the end of the day it's the way we can disrupt something that's very complex and that's to break it down in smaller pieces and to not be scared of doing things on an incremental basis uh, you know the real changes in when you address this big complex system is really to focus one thing at a time. That also leads to a lot of opportunities because there's so many little problems all around. But in our case, we just decided to really keep things simple. And that is a little bit what we call the innovator's dilemma, you know, as it applies to us, is how do you make things simple? And at the end of the day, it's going to be used because uh, that's what matters. And if you look at things very simple, like fluoroscopy, for example, which is a technology used by mostly all orthopedic surgeons in somewhere or another, uh, it's a key tool. It's very simple. It just produces an image. And that's the reason why it works and why it will continue to work for a long time. And an image, as we maybe simplify it a little bit, you know, tells uh, a thousand words or is better than a thousand words. And I think uh, that's very true. But that image can give a whole lot more information uh, as we move forward. Uh, and that's what Richard was talking about just a minute ago, the ability to uh, leverage certain technologies, the right technology for certain problems that couldn't be done before. But you got to start simple. And uh, in healthcare, it's pretty difficult to not go down what we call the rabbit hole and start innovating. And suddenly it becomes a more complex solution that becomes difficult for surgeons who are time sensitive, who work in environments that are pretty stressful to be willing to adopt without having other consequences, uh, such as losing time or, you know, feeling like uh, maybe they're paying too much for it as well because there's a certain, certain cost of innovation. You have all of these metrics that you have to take into account when you started this company. How did you take all of that data and utilize it to create this technology and platform? 
Well, it's uh, been a you know long-term goal of ours to seek out the appropriate digital technologies that you know with, with these anticipated technological advancements could be as time evolved could be adapted or, or utilized to solve these various uh, different identified user problems as Edward just articulated. So it's it's really about finding the right technologies. Um, that you believe will make the difference to, to all stakeholders, right? Which includes your patients, your surgeons, your hospitals, payers, etc. And then it's about developing the algorithms that, that are smart or have some intelligence, for example. And you know what's key and critical about it is doing it right. It's easy to try and you know interpret some information from a fluoroscopic image, for example, like Edward has articulated. But it's finding the right technologies at the right time that can provide these efficient and elegant solutions to, to solving your problem. And, you know, I, I think, you know, with where we are, with the current technologies evolving so quickly, thanks to computing power, for example, and the access to medical data, you know, there's a prediction that in 2020, medical data is doubling every 73 days, for example. So, you know, the, the, the technology is evolving so rapidly that it's, it's grasping the right technology, the appropriate technology, and implementing that into these solutions. And that's where we see and, and sort of envision, uh, or how we did envision, creating this technology or platform that, that you asked about. Technology is available in to some degree to many companies, but not every company realizes it, I don't think. Edward, can you tell me a little bit about how OrthoGrid approaches these technological advancements? Thank you, Sean. I think that's actually an important question that we uh, very early, early on had to find an answer for ourselves on how we're going to manage that, because technology in itself is not a solution. And I happen to... Um, you know, listen very carefully to people that are smarter than us as it comes down to these things. For example, I'm thinking of uh, Peter Moldford, he's from BTS uh, in the Bay Area. And one of the things that struck my interest very early on was uh, something he said that uh, we've applied very religiously at OrthoGrid to try to make sure we identify the right technology, I would say the right solution. Uh, and he said, uh, you need to continuously ask yourself, what problem are you solving for which uh, the solution resides in technology? And that's important because you don't want to assume that you have the technology as a solution to start. And sometimes the problem can be resolved by something else, or if anything, by a very specific kind of technology. And identifying the right technology takes a long time, uh, but more importantly, it, it, the key is in the problem. What problem are you trying to solve? Is it clearly identified? And once you have that very much identified, you shouldn't lead with the assumption that the solution is in technology. But if indeed uh, it happens to be, then you have to make sure you have the right applied technology. In our early stages with OrthoGrid, we actually looked at our user needs and we found that the best way to resolve problems was actually in an analog fashion. So it didn't really reside in technology. but 
by going through that process, we identified all the needs that we knew could not be resolved by an analog system. So as a result of that, we knew that at some point the problems could only be fixed within technology. And that's where we really started working towards building the team uh, around our, our, our computer uh, scientists and our, our software needs. Uh, and then Richard has spent countless of hours just literally mining the technology field, looking and staying atop of the different advancements so that we knew when they would be ready for us and how they could be applied in a way that would be scalable and uh, brought into our platform, if you wish. Can you talk to me a little bit about the team that you put together to help implement this technology? Say, a current team, uh, your leadership approach, uh, partnerships that you're interested in? Yeah, thanks, Sean. So yeah, we've spent uh, years building a team that we currently have and been able to perform the research and development, you know, to take these ideas and solutions and bring them to life, you know, to constitute a real product. And this takes years. And, you know, it's identifying thought leaders in, in the space of the technologies so it's, there's multiple stages. It's identifying the technology and then it's identifying the different people within the sort of global world that can actually help us achieve those developments that we're looking for. And that's what really takes a lot of time. It's, it's trying to find those people that have the passion, that have the interest, that have the knowledge. Because one of the challenges you actually have with formalizing a team like this is it's very hard trying to find that person that has the expertise in multiple areas. And by that I mean it's hard to find a computer science expert that's also got an in-depth knowledge or, or might be a orthopedic surgeon. And so you know, there's, there's a huge wall between the computer science component and then orthopedics. And this is where industry you know, has had its challenges, is finding the team and building that team. And so we've identified the right people in both spaces, primarily focusing on the technology component, which is in the computer science space, and finding the right people with image processing skills and uh, computer vision skill sets um, that have experience with deep learning algorithm development in, in the AI space, for example. And you know, th this has taken an immense amount of time in finding the right people. We have them now. And you know, we, we've built a team of dedicated scientists who are not only passionate about doing this, but actually about solving the, the problems and appreciating and understanding the problems and I think that comes with several years of experience learning the other side of the business, which is the orthopedic business, and you know, and and doing it right. That that's that's the challenge. In addition to that, you know, there's there's always the other side of it, which is identifying partners in the space as well that that can help us get there. And so we've taken a lot of time as well in identifying specific relationships uh, and partnerships with uh, technologies that can provide that component that might be missing or addition to our platform. 
I personally believe that it is a perfect time for another renaissance. And the fact that you have been able to put together a team and a leadership group that has that multidisciplinary aspect to it, I think that's a great first step. Now that you put this team together and you have this well-defined mindset and approach, what's ahead for OrthoGrid? Yeah, so I think one of the things that we've been very uh, focused on is uh, focus on providing the market with products that are being used every day. And that's really our mission is to make sure that whatever we produce for the operating room is something that a surgeon relies on day in and day out. And what we found so far with the products that we've released is that we have a really high retention rate, uh, almost 100% uh, year over year. And uh, that speaks volume to what our team has been able to put together following that duality of computer science and operating room orthopedic knowledge. What we're focused on now really is uh, spreading that to other aspects of orthopedics. We uh, focused on how can we take these technological uh, elements and quickly bring them to other areas of the orthopedic field and therefore looking at different verticals. And what we're focused on is to make sure that we have a platform and, and uh, a little bit like a software as a platform, if you wish, whereas we can deploy some applications in different areas of orthopedics using the knowledge that we have acquired, using the expertise that our team is applying to uh, new problems that we're identifying in different verticals. So in sports medicine, for example, or in trauma surgery or in spine surgery. And that's been uh, probably our number one focus right now is to uh, identify and file these different uh, applications to expand the platform and make it more available to more people. And that includes surgeons, but also includes surgeon in training, residents and fellows and that's been our focus so far. Richard has a whole team of R&D folks and researchers that are focusing on the next level of technologies to allow more efficiency and more automation, and he's, he's best to talk about that. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, you know, a space of uh, what, what what's termed now uh, surgical data science uh, is, you know, it encompasses a lot of different areas of specialties, um, such as AI, you know, computer vision and image processing, which I talked about earlier, 3D, the 3D world associated with XR and AR, which is, you know, augmented reality and having the capability to demonstrate robotic integration, for example. You know, th this is the world that we're in and where we envision that there's a future of orthopedics. But I have to add a word of caution, you know, there. And I think, you know, one of the things that we have appreciated and, and learned from these this team of ours and these experts that we've brought in is that you know beware of the AI hype right for example you know having the knowledge and understanding of what AI is but also what it's not right and what its limitations are these are just as important as what it can do and so you know, this is one of the things that we're we're focusing on and you know, to, to the whole message we've been delivering of keeping it simple, right? It's, it's taking these technologies and, and using it the way it should be and, and having an appreciation and understanding of what it's not. Because it's very easy, I think, for people out there and companies out there and just to use them as buzzwords and AI, 
and deep learning and things but but there's a lot of what it what it's not and what it cannot do that, that you have to really be careful about and so you know we, we try to identify that uh, unfortunately having the team and the right sort of technologies identified and having the in-house expertise helps us identify that roadmap for the future which is going to help us safely guide our way through that pathway to providing and delivering solutions with this amazing technology in AR and 3D and AI. One thing that I have found most innovators have in common is a sense of dissatisfaction. Obviously, that's the thing that drives you to find a solution. If you woke up one day and you felt satisfied, would that worry you? I can tell you that we uh, are pretty unsatisfied people. As a rule, we always look at different ways of fixing your problems or if or we just are keen to identify what is a problem so you know not too long ago i was just in the operating room working on our trauma platform and i haven't i've done a lot of trauma in my past life and i was kind of shocked to realize that not much really in the surgical workflow after almost I would say 15, 20 years had changed. Uh, and even before I even started, I don't think there was much innovation or changes in the way the surgeons operate. So, you know, I don't know if it's a technology thing that's going to be integrated in healthcare and has an opportunity to actually change the way surgeons operate. Uh, I'm sure there have been different, I guess, innovations in terms of clinical treatment choices and other areas of metal type choices and, and some mechanical things that have been improving. So things are absolutely moving forward. But the technology integration to help with automation, with efficiency uh, and all those different things, it's a, it's a wide ocean of opportunities. Uh, and so it's easy to stay unsatisfied, to be honest with you, uh, when you look at what is happening in the operating room and then you have that other knowledge that you've been building over time of possibilities that technology could uh, bring and so after being in the operating room for so long 20 years you actually go into the operating room with a completely different eye completely another level of observation with a new uh, perspective if you wish and suddenly new problems are identified in a way and you just kind of leave that operating room almost knowing that there may be another direction with the technology and quickly you realize that maybe it's a research problem or maybe it's a simple engineering problem and that's the beauty of what we're doing is there's tons of potentials and sometimes the hard part is really to just relay back and just stay focused because we are in a commercial market and our goal is to bring things to surgeons who are going to stay for a long time and hopefully we can continue to do that for them but it also means we have to have a commercial value that you know we need to stay true to that economic principle but uh, in terms of uh, looking for problem uh, with the new perspective we find new problems all the time and the fun part is we think there are solutions for them well i want to end the podcast today with a little chemical equation take two men who are consistently dissatisfied who are also equally motivated 
and are not disheartened by the fact that problems exist, put those two guys together in a room and what you wind up with is OrthoGrid. I want to take an opportunity to thank Richard Boddington and Edward Saget. They are the founders and co-CEOs for OrthoGrid Systems. Richard, Edward, thank you so much for taking the time today. I really have enjoyed this. You too. Thank you, Sean. Take care.